like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Dr. Abhit Singh on the line. He's the Chief Medical Advisor and Director, also serving on the Board of Directors over at the We Heal Foundation. He's also a medical advisor and serving on the Clinical Advisory Board of Exosomics. Uh, Abhit, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm I'm really excited to get into what you're doing over at the We Heal Foundation with with a crowd healing quote unquote platform. I'm, I I was I read that in your in your bio and I'm like oh my gosh this is going to be an interesting interview and also what you're doing over at uh, Exosomics. Um, but before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So what inspired you to to go into medicine and how did all this start out? Yeah, thank, thank you for that question, Adam. Uh, you know, uh, medicine is, uh, I feel like uh, it fits the axiom of many are called, but few are chosen in terms of a lot of folks entering pre-med, but only a few progressing to actual med school, um, either because of uh, it being very tough, you know, it, uh, or the screening um, benchmarks with the MCATs, that cut off being very uh, competitive. Uh, so I was fortunate and blessed enough to have my family back me all the way. Uh, and, uh, you know, going through medical school, becoming a practicing physician, uh, and now trying to straddle many different biotech and healthcare organizations for the benefit, for the systemic benefit of uh, patient populations worldwide was something I felt as a, as a kid was always my calling. Uh, mm. it, was, it was never any other option. I did dabble in biomedical engineering for a year, but I, then I did gravitate uh, ultimately back to uh, core medicine and medical school. So, what kind of um, what kind um, of advice? I, as I mentioned to you, there's some uh, you know there's some younger entrepreneurs and there's also some younger students. There's some people that are still in school and kind of figuring out their path. Um, what kind of advice would you give to that you know that that younger person that's growing up and kind of thinking about a a a um, path or a life in medicine? Listen, I I know it might sound like a cliche, but you really should not force any career onto yourself, either because mm. your family said so or your peers were going that way. It has to be very organic and something which is a labor of love. Because, I mean, as that famous adage goes, if you enjoy what you do every day, then it's never work. It's always a, 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 a passion and it's always easy. So um, I think for young people, it's important not to stress about academic scores and uh, tests like SATs, ECTs, LSATs, MCATs, uh, but but really enjoy what you do because you can make a career out of anything in today's day and age. Uh, I mean, heck, if you're good, you can become an Instagram influencer if you're good mm -hmm. at what you do. So you need not stress about, oh, I didn't make that law school cut or I didn't, uh, you know, 
get into that top tier college I want to do because I mean there's stellar luminaries who dropped out of school as well mm-hmm. and like Steve Jobs for example and then went on to become uh, you know, some of the greatest tech pioneers and innovators of all time uh, besides other yeah. uh, diverse businesses and industries so you should no, it's a really great great take point time to figure out what you want to do uh, but don't rush it can be a process, and you should just uh, respect that. So. No, that's a great point, and I and I see that happens pretty often. So you know, you were raised in a certain type of family, or a certain, had certain uh, familial expectations that were kind of placed on you for what you should be and what what are acceptable professions. But just kind of understanding that you know you're you're gonna you're gonna be living with that, right? Number one, um, but number two, um, you know, what what where are you gonna be able to do your best work? And that's going to be in a place that aligns with um, what you like doing and your overall value. So I, I love that advice, um, Abit. Um, let's uh, let's switch it up a bit. I want to get a little bit more into what's going on over at uh, Exosomics. Um, so what kind of projects are you working on, and what kind of things are you looking to solve there? So Ex- Exosomics is a very cool, innovative liquid biopsy company. Which, uh, you know, if you've seen the Austin Powers movies, for example, Adam, you know, the character called Mini-Me uh, was a, Mini-Me was a perfect surrogate for Austin Powers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mimicking him in every detail. Where exosomes you can think of as a Mini-Me as a perfect surrogate for the parent cell, you know, from the organ of origin and displaying all of the characteristics uh, of the parent cell. So in terms of the DNA, RNA, and protein, really. So if you analyze uh, these biomarkers, you can get a sense of uh, mutations and uh, of DNA, for example, and so mm-hmm. the presence or absence of cancer, which it's, it's been so uh, liquid biopsy is very buzzy as compared to tissue biopsy, where often you can catch it in phase three or four of the cancer at which time it's obviously not timely enough to institute therapy and leads to mm. poor outcomes. So uh, I am fairly confident that the uh, future of molecular diagnostics in oncology and cancer will be liquid blood-based biopsies, considering that circulating tumor DNA uh, pops up in the blood the quickest. Um, because of rapid turnover of cancer cells, right? But uh, the oh, wow. advantage so of that, and just, to, and, just, and just to make sure I understand that correctly, um, so yeah. what will happen is um, by testing the blood, they'll be able to possibly um, predict or, or to, you know, um, detect a presence of cancer um, in the body faster than the typical, you know, where they have to do a, a physical biopsy of, a, you know, the actual cell um, by, you know, maybe an invasive procedure. Am I, am I accurate? That's, that's very accurate. This is quite on point, uh, Adam. In a nutshell, um, circulating tumor DNA, just because cancer cells, uh, you know, uh, rapidly proliferate and divide, so there is there is a high turnover, a high high rate of debris, and so that manifests in the blood much faster than uh, than a, a 
big lump being formed, uh, a big mass, mm. which then would show up on imaging like a CAT or a, a ultrasonogram. Um, so, so that, but the advantage of exosomics is it's nicely encapsulated within an exosome. So it stays very pristine. Uh, mm. And it's typically from live cells. Uh, so blood-based biopsies can often measure dead cell DNA. But exosomes are uh, from live, living cells. So there are no false positives, you know. You re really separate the signal from the noise. So uh, I'm, so Exosomics has CE-approved kits, which for the layman means uh, kits which are approved in the European Union uh, for commercial sale. And the hope is to put it through the paces of the FDA uh, and get stateside approval uh, and, of course, addition, garnering additional funding uh, prior to that. Um, so FDA is historically very receptive to, uh, you know, diagnostic kits which are, um, uh, which have been commercial, which have been vetted through the European Union regulatory mm -hmm. framework, uh, thus helping it accelerate uh, the, the approval in, in, uh, in the U.S. So uh, I don't anticipate too many problems in, on that front going forwards, uh, but um, it is a mid-cap company in a sense. Uh, so we are uh, yeah, looking for uh, a pedigree of uh, of investors um, at this point who would uh, are not, obviously not looking for early exits, but are looking for sustainable scale up of, of this novel technology platform. Uh, wow, that's so, great! Um, and um, this is another yeah. podcast, uh, another podcast episode for us. But EU approval process versus FDA in a fight. No, I'm just playing. We're not. We're not getting into that. <laughs> well, the different approval processes. That'd be a whole other debate. But uh, I thought I thought I poked a bear on that one. But I, I we'll leave that one and let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> transition to uh, the We Heal Foundation. Um, so, what kind of um, what kind of things are you working on with the We Heal Foundation, and what drew you to that to that um, project? Thank you, thank you for asking, Adam. Yeah, I'm personally very excited about We Heal Foundation. You know, it's it's almost the first of its kind crowd healing platform, where if you think think about crowdsourcing, it has permeated every niche of the business ecosystem whether it be uh, crowdfunding, for example, with WeFunder or any of the other uh, platforms out there, or blockchain as a decentralized distributed ledger where anyone can anonymously uh, make an edit uh, on that ledger. So it's, uh, it's crowdsourcing for finance uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense. But there was no crowdsourcing in healthcare. It was felt that patients sharing their personal journeys through cancer, for example, and educating other patients as to which on-ramps to take, but which on-ramps to avoid uh, mm. in terms of uh, therapeutic options uh, was would be incredibly seminal in uh, patients making informed therapeutic choices going forwards. So crowd healing or uh, we heal was born out of uh, uh, a gentleman called Eric Drew's personal journey through acute lymphoblastic leukemia uh, with a very rare, aggressive uh, uh, Philadelphia chromosome variant, um, and him being him him failing the gold standard at that time, which was bone marrow mm -hmm. transplant, uh, multiple times, I think two or three occasions, mm -hmm. 
and then having to uh, really, by a very big serendipitous fluke, discovering about umbilical cord stem cells uh, from stem cells from umbilical cords and placentas of newborn babies, which are particularly trashed uh, in in in, uh, in the obstetrics uh, unit. Um, so he got those stem cells from a, a blood cryogenic blood bank in Italy. Had a Swiss doctor perform the procedure at a U.S.-based hospital, and that was ultimately curative for him. So he is in remission 15 years going and strong. Wow. Uh, no signs of the cancer. But the gold standard at that time had failed him miserably a bunch of times. So on his deathbed, he envisioned a platform where he people would not have to take risky uh, wrong turns uh, on their cancer journey because sometimes cancer patients have don't even have years. They just have months to live, mm. but then can actually make these informed uh, therapy choices. Which so crowd healing uh, at WeHeal now has an A to Z compendium of all of the known diseases, all of the marquee diseases known to mankind, and there are various sub communities which are very actively engaging with each other, sharing information that hey this molecule was great for me, or this molecule has a lot of side effects. There's a mm. comparable molecule which is cleaner, um, has ha, you might be more compliant with it. Mm -hmm. and uh, would be as efficacious, if not more. So wow. because there was a big absence of such a hub where patients were talking about their own journeys, um, because healthcare systems, sometimes there are molecules which have been prescribed since the dinosaurs roamed the earth. So, mm -hmm. And that's the way healthcare systems and insurers and the, and, and the incentivization happens uh, but it's, it was important for a patient advocacy platform where patients bat for patients. Um, so that was what, what was, was the germ of the idea behind crowd healing. Um, and uh, so right now we have synergies with uh, a lot of different um, uh, affiliates. So Cancer Commons is one, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is another. So we heal really arranges for complementary consultations for patients who access WeHeal, so totally free of cost to the patient, uh, with top oncologists in their subspecialties, uh, mm -hmm. who then educate them about uh, the most avant-garde treatment option at that point of time for their particular cancer. Um, and also with ALOHA, which is a clinical trials database, which matches patients to uh, cutting-edge clinical trials. Uh, and again, at no cost to the patient. Uh, and um, uh, so I'm personally excited about uh, these synergies. Um, and one can only hope that more patients uh, take advantage of these services, uh, considering they are uh, at, at, at no cost to them, but also have been founded with a very altruistic mission to really help them and their family um, uh, not just purely rely on sometimes vested agendas uh, uh, from their local uh, health systems or doctors. Most doctors act conscientiously to the best mm -hmm. of their abilities, but the way healthcare is incentivized across the states, there, sometimes the therapies are not the most cutting edge at that point of time. No, that makes, so, that makes perfect uh, sense. This and is I, a labor of love your... for me. 
I reviewed your, um, you know, the website over at uh, weheal.org. Absolutely amazing. Um, over 400 individual advocate and, and discussion communities, um, and they're all focused on different diseases, types of cancer. Um, lots of um, amazing, interesting information that you have here as I kind of look through the site. So I love the work that you're doing there. Um, so if somebody's listening to this, Abhid, and they just want more um, more information on how to follow up and how to learn more and give back, um, what's the best way for them to get it? Is it good to just go to the website, weheal.org, or is there any other way? You can uh, you can uh, register on weheal.org, and uh, the platform will guide you through uh, the steps of becoming a uh, a user, uh, an engager with the site. Uh, God forbid if you're suffering from a disease. Uh, so, like I was saying, all the marquee diseases are listed. So you can yep. actively enroll onto and then begin chatting with a, a, a John Doe or a, or a Jill uh, who's actually suffering from uh, that disease herself mm -hmm. or himself and, and for, uh, um, talk and about for, their um, journey. No, that's perfect. And for Exosomics, if somebody yeah. wants to look up or find out more information about that, what's the best way for them to get that? Uh, if if you uh, type in Exosomics, uh, E-X-O-S-O-M-I-C-S, -O -S on Google, uh, it should pop up because it has a European uh, 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 European ICANN name. So I think it's exosomics.it, but uh, don't yep. quote me on it. It should pop no, it is. It, it's one hundred percent. It's it's yeah. No, if you so if you want to know more about Exosomics, go to exosomics.it. That's e x o s o m i c s dot i t for Italy. No, and I and I found it. No, and it's all all there, and you can see a a lot more information on everything that um you've you've talked about today. Um, so, Abhid, I really want to yeah. thank you for um, for coming on the show and telling us more about your background and what, what got you into medicine, along with giving some valuable tips and advice to um, the younger generation that may want to go down that path. And then your work over at Exosomics and also what you're doing with the, uh, the We Heal Foundation, just awesome stuff across the board. Um, and to the listeners, as always, I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Um, I sure did. Uh, if you did, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Pete, thanks again for coming on the show.